0: Hello, and welcome back to the History Pod. I'm Lindsay, and I'm your host. Today, I bring to you Benedict Arnold, the Great Trader. But hold up, we're not getting ahead of ourselves. Who is Benedict Arnold? Arnold was born in Connecticut here in the colonies. He served the Patriots, the Colonists, the Continental Army. They're all the same until around 1779. During his time with the Continental Army, Arnold won several battles, several huge battles that changed the course of the war. However, he was wounded or hurt during one of those battles. This was the Battle of Saratoga in New York. Arnold had been climbing the ranks consistently. He was constantly being promoted. However, in 1777, He was passed over by Congress for a promotion in the army. This upset Arnold for he had obviously been doing really well. He had been winning huge battles and was really, truly helping the Continental Army. He threatened to resign or quit multiple times. So at the Battle of Saratoga in New York, he commanded different battalions, and he was hurt really badly. Um, He was injured in his leg, which that's important for something else later on. He felt that the only reason he was given his proper rank was because of this injury, so he truly felt that Congress would have continued to pass him over for promotions except for his injury had happened. So he did not truly feel like he had earned his promotion. So after the Battle of Saratoga, his injury made it so he really couldn't fight anymore. So he took on a different role. He became what we would know as a socialite or someone who's really focused on socializing. They tend to do a lot of fundraising and be in the public eye. For instance, if we were to... Think about a modern-day socialite. Think about the Kardashian sisters. They would be what we know as socialites. He was also, though, becoming friendly with a group of people that we know as loyalist sympathizers. So these are people who agree with and support the king. So they are thinking that they want the colonies to stay a part of England, that they do not want to be their own separate country. Now, while he was becoming friends with these loyalist sympathizers, he was fundraising money for the Continental Army, so he was still more associated, more in connection with the patriots and the colonists. However, his fundraising was actually done through illegal means, so he had charges pressed against him. Now, there was no proof that this money was gained illegally, so he ended up having all the charges dropped against him. Now, this is where our figurative tea starts to boil. This is where the good stuff happens. Arnold had gotten married to his second wife, Margaret Peggy Shippen. She was a loyalist, or at least their family self-describes themselves as loyalist sympathizers. So again, they are supporting the king. They want to stay a part of England. Now, they are not Tories, necessarily. Like, they are still, they still consider themselves colonists. They, a lot of loyalist sympathizers still wanted to live in the colonies. It wasn't that they were like, let's go back to England. It was that they wanted to be under the king's rule and felt that that was the right thing to do. So if we fast forward a little bit, Arnold starts to tell the British about a planned invasion of Canada. And he asked for twenty thousand pounds, pounds are English money, for betraying the colonist. and this is why he became known as a traitor. So he was telling secrets, the Patriots, the Continental Army secrets to the British. Now, obviously, this isn't great and we really need to think about what a traitor is So to put it in a way that we could all understand, a traitor is like you tell somebody a secret and then they go tell somebody else that you didn't want to know your secret. Um, So they're being a traitor. They're betraying your trust in them. So he was not being a kind person when he made this decision. Now, Let's think about this money. He's asking for £20,000. If you were in England today and you came to America, you would be receiving about $26,000 U.S. for your £20,000. Now, that's give or take. Conversion rates vary, and the US dollar and the pound constantly changes, so it really is a day-to-day thing on how much you would actually get, and I got that number from a Conversion website, so hopefully it's correct or at least as accurate as it could be. Now, if you plug in 20,000 pounds in 1779 and you compare that to what that would be worth today, he was in today's money, he'd be asking for 3.5 million pounds. So that is not pocket change, my friends. We are looking at a large sum of money. Now, Benedict Arnold has already given some information. Obviously, he has more. He is actually good friends at this point still with the commander-in-chief, General George Washington. So he knows a lot of things about the movements of the Continental Army. However, Arnold messed up here pretty badly. One of his British contacts, Major Andre, was captured and punished for being a spy by himself. He was found with a letter that implicated or said Arnold was helping him be a spy on his body. But Arnold escaped. So Arnold was not with him at this point. He he was actually on a British ship. So, he let Major Andre take all of the punishment. When word got out that Arnold had become a traitor and let somebody else take all of the punishment, his reputation took a serious hit. People did not think very highly of him. Now, General George Washington was unaware that Benedict Arnold had made this decision to become a traitor. He received a letter from Arnold stating and asking him to please make sure his wife was taken care of and to give her safe passage. This is where they were going to meet. And being the good man that he was, General Washington made sure that she was safe and taken care of. Only later... After her passage had been secured and she was gone, did he find out about Benedict Arnold's traitorous ways? So why did it take so long for him to find out, for General Washington to find out about Arnold being a traitor? Well, that's actually pretty simple. There was no social media, no phones, no internet. They had letters and word of mouth, so they could communicate in those ways but it could take days to weeks to get a letter to somebody depending on where you were again it was a time of war so not a very safe time to be passing letters and it took time for people to travel either by horse or carriage and most people weren't really using carriages it was typically just a rider on horseback to get information from point A to point B so It took him a while to find out. Now, I'd already mentioned that he had lost some of his reputation. People were not thinking that great of him when it came to the spying. Now, a little bit later, Benedict Arnold started to lead a raid in Connecticut, his home colony. And he actually led it through his own hometown, what we would consider today a hometown. Well, the people did not take very kindly to that either. And his reputation took another hit. So people are consistently starting to think less and less of Benedict Arnold at this point. So, and that kind of became the theme of Benedict Arnold's life is he had been this huge war hero and thought really highly of, he was really respected. And he started to make these decisions that people were unhappy with and couldn't truly understand at the time. And people started to lose respect for him. They wanted nothing to do with him. Now, what made Arnold choose to be a traitor? That's pretty big in and of itself. What what is his reason? Well, it seems like everything could really boil down to his wife. According to the Smithsonian Magazine and a few other sources, his wife Peggy was used to a very rich lifestyle. She was used to kind of being treated like a princess with everything being handed to her. Arnold did not make that kind of money. He could not actually afford to keep providing for her like her father had done, so she would often ask him to do things that were not kind. And she was thinking, these are money makers. Like, let's do it. Let's make some money. So he had previously already gone into debt buying them a house that he couldn't actually afford. So in fact, with that, he was in so much debt that they couldn't afford to live in this house they needed the money from the people renting it to pay their debt so you have his wife who is used to this very lavish very expensive lifestyle and she's constantly asking him for more she would even go as far as to throw temper tantrums and she was known for this Between how she treated her father, she would often throw temper tantrums if she didn't get her way, to now passing that on to her husband. She would act the same way. So she, and she was a loyalist sympathizer. She had already suggested to Arnold that he switch to the British side. He constantly was saying he didn't want to do that. However, the idea of £20,000 to share some secrets was too good to pass up for him because he also loved his wife and wanted to give her everything she desired. So that's why Benedict Arnold became a traitor, or at least the best reason that historians can find right now. Now, as I mentioned earlier, he asked for 20,000 pounds. Well, it turns out he really only got paid about 5,000 pounds before he was being found out as a spy. So it really wasn't that lucrative, or it really wasn't that big of a moneymaker for him to be a spy. On top of that, when the war was over, he tried to be a merchant, but every business he opened, whether it was in the colonies or Canada, failed. And this was largely because of his reputation. He had already taken several hits, one for being a spy, another for letting Major Andre take all of the punishment, and then for the raid through Connecticut. So he had had some really big things happen that he chose to do that people began not to think very highly of him, so they weren't supporting his businesses. So he was failing. He ended up moving back to England, which is where he passed away um, a few years after they moved. Now you're probably going, so Benedict Arnold wasn't a great person. He wasn't nice. You're right. He wasn't nice, not at the end of his career. But if you take the Battle of Saratoga and his previous history prior to that, he was an amazing leader. He was an amazing military leader. He did make some bad decisions later. But prior to those decisions, he was doing great things. So in Saratoga, New York, there is, on the battlefield... There's actually a monument dedicated to Benedict Arnold's leg. And again, as I mentioned earlier, his leg was what was so severely wounded or injured that led to his change in life. So that is one of the things that you could look for if you're ever in Saratoga, New York and at the battlefield. All right. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of The History Pod, all about Benedict Arnold. Before you go, if you have any suggestions or thoughts that you would like to share, please send them over to thehistorypod at gmail.com. I would love to hear your thoughts. I cannot wait to keep exploring history with you. I will talk to you guys soon. Bye.